Thanks for tuning into this week's message. For more resources and information about Cedar Valley, please visit cvchurch.org. All right. Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, I am really excited to be here as well. For the past month or so, my family and I, we've been acclimating to the frozen tundra of Minnesota. And you need to know about our pastor that he was very dishonest in our phone conversations and our Zooms as we made the decision to come up to the north. First of all, he said that there was maybe 20 days throughout a calendar year that you would not see the sun. And other than that, it would be shining brightly. That was a lie. Uh, and, uh, and then he said, I know you guys get a lot of snow in Colorado. Every once in a while, you'll get some snow here in Minnesota. And that was another lie. But truly, you have, um, you've been good to us from the moment we arrived here in Bloomington. You've been so good to us. You have loved on us. You have truly made us feel so welcome. And I just want you to know that we really appreciate that. I really appreciate you going out of your way to say hello to us, especially to my wife, Crystal, and to our children. It means a lot. We can't talk about being family if we don't act like family, and you have done a tremendous job in, in, in being our family. You are the only family we have in the state of Minnesota. We have no other blood relatives except for our church family. So some of you, I will be teaching our children to call you uncle or aunt, or tío or tía or abuelo, something like that. If they're calling you that, just participate around Christmas time and things like that. Do your job, be a good family, um, and they will love on you as well. Before we moved to Minnesota, the only things I really knew about this place was Kirby Puckett with the Minnesota Twins. I knew about Kevin Garnett with the Timberwolves. I knew about Randy Moss and the Vikings. Of course, we knew about the Mall of America. We did not know that they don't tax your food or or your clothing, so that's great. Um, We live close by here in the church, happy to be in East Bloomington, and uh, and we love it. it. We love it. It snows almost every day, which is exactly what you want when you, you know, living. By the way, those of you participating online, Last week, I was your host, and you all, uh, you, you were very intentional to put the degrees, uh, the weather where you were. Don't do that this week, because we're actually happy here. We're near the 30s, right? So everybody's geeked to take their dogs on a walk in dog parks and uh, go out for a quick sunbathe this afternoon. We, we're celebrating warmer weather. I also want to acknowledge before I start this morning, I was... Uh, at home yesterday, just kind of preparing. And then our family, my brother, uh, my sister, her husband, and some of our dearest friends, they all arrived at our house as a surprise. Yeah, so they, they, uh, they ordered DoorDash. And, and uh, for us, they just wanted to kind of do a little meal before church. And they ended up being the DoorDash drivers. It was awesome. It was so special. So today means a lot to me. And uh, I got the best siblings in the world. And, uh, and I'm thankful for them so, so, so much. Um, but our family truly is happy um, to be here. Our primary text this morning is found out of the book of Galatians, chapter 3, verses 26, 27, 28, and 29. And we are going to read through that. Uh, so if you would, stand to your feet. As you know, that's one thing we do around here when we read our primary text. We stand to our feet. We read it all 
uh, together. I'm going to ask you to read this uh, with me from your Bible. If you have one of those with you or your cell phone, I'll be reading from the NLT. Let's read. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. And just before you sit down, may I pray? Lord, we just thank you for the moment that we have right now to sit in your presence and learn a little bit more about you. It's amazing to me how you can serve Jesus for so long, yet you can learn something brand new from Scripture. That's because the Word of God is alive and it travels with us. We'll never outgrow the Bible. We will never outgrow what we can gain from the Bible. We thank you for that, God. We also thank you for those who are visiting with us for the very first time or maybe their second time. Pray for those who are here today, God, and uh, they really need a touch from you. There's no doubt they have already felt your presence. It's in this room. We thank you for that, God. We, we never want to overlook the, the privilege of being in your presence. But God, now we ask that for the next 30 minutes or so, you would speak directly to our hearts in a way that only you can. God, you know the very details of our life. There's absolutely nothing that we can hide from you. You know where we're at today. You know the weight of the burden on our shoulders this morning. You know everything about us, God. You're crazy about us. And you love us so much that you're going to challenge us through your word today. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone said together, amen. amen. You may be seated. You may be seated this morning. I want to start off by asking a question. I just wonder if you've noticed. Um, have you noticed this morning that we are all just a little bit different from each other? I'm not sure if you've kind of looked around the building this morning. If you've noticed that we do have some pretty serious differences at Cedar Valley. One of the things that we're learning to do and we continue to do is celebrate our differences. We've learned over the course of the last uh, two weeks what some of those differences are. One of the things that I particularly love about our church here is that we have, uh, well, we have some blended families and you can arrive at being a part of a blended family a variety of ways, whether that be the death of a spouse or divorce or previous children. And obviously we don't celebrate uh, divorce. We don't celebrate that. Nobody gets married and has a family in hopes that one day that would fall apart or crumble. We don't, we don't celebrate divorce. However, we do celebrate the fact that God is a God of second and third and fourth chances. That's the God that we, uh, that we serve and we celebrate that. Uh, I love that we have families with interracial and intercultural uh, marriages. That, that's beautiful to me. Our church is filled with stepfathers and stepmothers and stepchildren and half-children and all these different dynamics. Uh, yeah, we're so different. These are just some of the differences uh, that we have. And of course, you know, it was nobody's hope that, uh, that they would be a part of a family with these types of challenges. And we know those who belong to families like this, that it could, it could be very paralyzing. There can be a lot of pain associated um, with that. And we don't, we, don't, we don't celebrate those things, but we do celebrate the fact that God has seen us through 
We do, felt, you know, we do celebrate the fact that God is continuing to see us through. And, and I personally know some unbelievable families who are blended families who are thriving and raising healthy children. They're serving Jesus at a high level. It's amazing. I know some, some really great dynamic families uh, in, in my life, and we have many here in our church. I also know, and I just want to kind of address the elephant in the room, that there were some of us just a few minutes ago with our hands raised, our eyes closed. We were singing, connecting to God, um, but we're still working through some pretty serious issues. We're, we're still working through some unforgiveness from past pains. Uh, you know, we're, we're working through some bitterness through different relationships and jealousy and maybe walking through a painful divorce or the struggle of being a, a, a painful parent just because you walk into the room and you lift your hands and you worship the Lord. It does not mean that, that mean that you are without issues, right? It does not mean that you are without problems. We're aware of that. You know, God is aware of the loneliness that you feel. God is aware of the depression that you're battling through. God is aware uh, of all of those things. God is aware of the tears at night. God's aware of all the things you're battling in the midnight hour. We're all so different and we're all in different stages of life here together. But one thing that we know for certain is that we are family. We are all family in this house this morning and we are all in this thing together. Week one, uh, our series really brought to light the differences within our church and our need to belong to the church family. Last week, Pastor uh, Vicki and Dr. Graham, they taught and reminded us of just how different we are as men and women, everything from our brain to our disagreements. We were reminded of the fact that we are the byproduct of the home that we uh, were raised in and the complexity of human relationships, especially um, in marriage. So here's what we know. We know that I'm complicated. You just need to know I'm new to this place. I'm very complicated. My wife is right here. She can affirm that. My, my siblings, I'm a very complicated person. All right, here's, here's what else we know. Uh, that is that you are complicated. Your wife filled out a survey this week of all your complications and you need to know that you are very, very complicated. We also know that life is complicated. Have you recognized yet that life is just very, very, very complicated? We also know that family is complicated. Even the family, the nuclear family at your house, you know how complicated you are, right? You know how, and because of all of these complications, here's our reality, that is church is complicated. It's crazy that the church can be so complicated, but we know um, that it is. I find comfort in knowing that David, one day when he was doing his journal, he, 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 he wrote this, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. I'm glad David wrote that because when I read it, I say amen to that. God, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. So a question for you this morning, that would be, do you think that God intended this overabundance of differences for this church? Do you think that that was God's design? Now we know the answer to that. The answer is yes, because our differences, well, they make us stronger. Our differences make us stronger. We can do more, we can carry more, we can lift more. Our differences make us stronger. Our differences also make us unique. I have three children. 
one in heaven, three children here with me uh, on earth. And, and here's what I know about them. They come from the same two people and, um, and, and they all come from the same home, yet they're all very uniquely different. And you would say, oh, same with my children. They're very different. Um, that's like our church is unique because you come to our church. Now, Bloomington and South Minneapolis and the, and the cities, there are a lot of great churches around us. You know, you don't have to travel too far to find a great church in the area. But what makes every church different from, from the others is how unique the people are. You are a unique people. God has called us to be Cedar Valley Church. He's called us to be the very best Cedar Valley Church that we can possibly be. Our goal is not to be the very best church in the, in the cities. Our goal is to be the very best church for the cities, for Bloomington, for our community. We're unique because you come to our church and God designed for this church to function that way. Our differences also make us complete. You make this church complete without you, we're missing something. Like this church needed you. The moment you showed up, you kind of added to the value of this or you complete us. You really, that's why when sometimes when people leave the church, it hurts a little bit. You feel like, man, we needed them. They, God, they were such an important part of this church. It hurts when people leave. You need to know that our differences, well, they complete us because what I lack, you may bring to the table. And, and lastly, we learned this last week that our differences sure make us better. Our differences make us better. This church is better because you call this place home. You make this church better. So I'm going to give you the big so what right out of the gate. Here's our big so what this morning. Get this in your mind. Celebration, not toleration. When we see our differences, when we recognize our differences, when we come across our differences, our response to that as a church family is celebration, not toleration. Celebration, not toleration. Celebration, that's God's heart for his church family. Celebration. Toleration, its definition, according to Webster, is to simply put up with something. We don't put up with each other. We don't see each other's differences and ah, I'll just put, I'll put up with you for the sake of the church. We're not going to put up with one another. We are going to celebrate one another. In Galatians, back to our primary text, we'll work through this together. Paul is addressing this to the churches all throughout Galatia because up to this point the differences that they are experiencing are actually causing significant issues and Paul wants to confront these for all so we'll read for you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus now compared to what was being taught uh, among the Galatians, this was a very radical statement. This was a very radical statement because in traditional Jewish, Jewish thinking, your standing before God was measured by your obedience to the law. Now, for someone to say you are a child of God, that would, that would ensue that you are, you are especially close to God because of your extreme observance of the law. Like you can be close, but if you want to get closer, then you really, really observe the law just as the Pharisees did. 
It was radical because he replaces, Paul is now replacing the demands of the law with a focus on grace through Jesus Christ. Jesus also did this when he taught in a pretty radical way as well. I want to show that to you out of the book of Matthew. We see when Jesus is teaching the crowds and his disciples there in the temple. Uh, and this is what the Bible says. Then Jesus said to the crowds, to his disciples, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees um, are the official interpreters of the law of Moses. So practice and obey whatever they tell you. But don't follow their example for they don't practice what they teach. They crush people with unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to ease the burden. Everything they do is for show. And the Pharisees were right there in the back of the room. What Jesus is really saying was don't be hypocrites. Don't be mean. Don't be religiously demanding. Don't be lazy. And don't be stingy. If I'm just being a little honest with you this morning, I would say that I have truly more than once even heard the church, not Cedar Valley Church, but other churches where, where this is sort of like the description of the people. Growing up, I saw this a lot. I think there's a lot of people who today who don't come to church because when they did, this is what it was kind of like. Can you imagine Jesus saying, you can obey what they teach, just don't follow their example. I mean, they're nothing like, they, you know, that's, that's like those parents that say, do as I say, not as I, your parents told you that too. What Jesus was really saying was, let's be honest. Let's be kind. Let's be a church who's filled with mercy. Let's live righteously and more than anything else, let's be generous. I mean, that's really what Jesus was saying. That's, that's really the call from God to his church. Let's be that church. Let, let's strive every day to be that church. And in order for this to be true of the church, it must first be true in your heart. And then it must be true of your home. And then it'll just trickle right into our church. But can we strive to say, let's be that church. Let me remind you about something. Salvation is not available to us because of how good we are. Salvation is available to us because of how good he is. Back to our primary verse. And it says, and all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. Here Paul is painting this picture of baptism and Paul illustrates what it means to have faith in Christ Jesus. Jesus, as in water baptism, a, a, a person is immersed in water. So when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, we are immersed in Jesus. Kind of plays out like this. 
You know, God wants us to be fully immersed in Jesus. When a person is immersed in water, and we see this uh, every so often here at our church, when a person is immersed in water, you don't even see the person much anymore. You mostly see the water. And when a person is baptized into Christ, you don't really see much of me anymore. You mostly see Jesus. That's what Paul meant when you are baptized into Christ. Like you don't really see much of me anymore. You see a lot of Jesus. You know God's call over your life is that little by little people would see less of you and more of, more of him. Now let me, I do love my heritage. I love my culture. I love that I'm Hispanic. I am so thankful for green chili chicken enchiladas. I'm thankful for menudo. I'm thankful for uh, fresh tortillas. I'm telling you, one of the things I love about living in this area is that we are surrounded with carnicerias, panderias, all, all the things I love God put within like a mile radius of my house. And that's how I knew God was speaking to us because when we went to rent a house, one of the things that I put in my filter was for sure homemade, authentic Mexican food. And then all the houses around those places popped up and that's how we began our selection. It's all about prioritizing what's important to you. It's amazing. I love where I come from. I love our traditions. I, I love it. I'm born and raised in northern New Mexico. There's no better food on the planet. I'm telling you, if you ever want to go on an outstanding vacation, go to Taos, T-A-O-S, New Mexico. Oh, if you ever been to Taos, raise your hand so I can see who my family really is. All right, now we really family. I love all of those things, but before I am any of those things and before you are any of those things that you love, we are first sons and daughters of God. And he is our identity. I am more committed to him than I am to any of those things. And when you give your life to Jesus Christ, the first call in your life is can you let go of all those other things and make Jesus number one in your life? You know, there's a lot of influences in the world that we live in today. There's a lot. There's so many different uh, streams and mainstream media and movies. And there's so many different influences out there. And Jesus, what Jesus is really saying is, hey, hey, do this. Follow the example of Christ. Of all the different people and things that you can follow and love, be sure that Jesus is at the very, very top of the list. Paul goes on in his, in his teaching to say, there is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. This was another mind-blowing revolution for Paul to write this to that, to, to that specific group of people. And I can only imagine the shock of the crowd as they read through this letter. Because the whole problem with the Galatian Christians is that some people, they still wanted to observe the dividing line between Jew and Gentile. Paul wrote, in Jesus Christ, that line is done away with. When we are in Jesus, there is neither Jew or Gentile. The dividing line between Jew and Gentile is not the only dividing line that was erased. Regarding our standing before God and Jesus, every dividing line is erased. 
every dividing line is erased. Now that Jesus is our identity, that is more important than any prior identity we possessed. That's a lot to soak in. That's not always easy to live by. And what really gives it some power is in context, Paul was specific when he wrote this letter because at that time, some of the Jewish rabbis quoted a morning prayer that was popular among Jews of that day. And in that prayer, the Jewish man would thank God that he, is not, that he was not born a Gentile, a slave, or a woman. It was in the transcript. This is what Jewish rabbis would pray in the mornings. In that prayer, God, thank you that I was not born a Gentile. Thank you, God, that I was not born a slave and thank you that I was not born a woman. That's why Paul included those in the letter because Paul takes each of these categories and he shows them all to be equal in Jesus. Sadly, again, not Christians at Cedar Valley Church, but other churches have Christians who still draw lines today. Some draw lines between denominations, Some of us draw lines between races. Some of us draw lines between nations. Some of us draw lines between political parties. Some of us draw lines between economic classes. If you feel like you have more common ground with an unbeliever who shares your race or your political party then with a genuine Christian from another race or political party, you've drawn a line that Jesus died on the cross to erase. This doesn't mean that there are no differences. As a matter of fact, John Stott said this, one more. When we say that Christ has abolished these distinctions, differences, We mean not that they no longer exist, but that they no longer create barriers to fellowship. We don't ignore our differences. We don't tolerate our differences. We celebrate our differences. Paul is not saying those things don't exist. He's saying with those things front and center, we can still celebrate the goodness of God together. Let's celebrate our differences. One of my best friends taught me a lesson now more than 20 years ago. One of my best friends through college was a black man, loved him so much. And, uh, and I just remember trying to, I was really trying to honor him. And I said to him one time, you know, I just want you to know my brother that I don't see color. I'm colorblind, man. I, I love all people. And I was really trying to honor him. And he said, hey, that's the problem is that I want you to see me. I want you to see my differences and love me. Boy, I never again said it that way. Matter of fact, God doesn't want any of us to be colorblind. God's heart for his people, for his church is that we would see our differences and we would celebrate our differences changed me when he shared that story with me. Don't be colorblind. See it. Appreciate it. 
Celebrate it. I'm going to teach you something this morning about my son, Aiden. If you don't know Aiden, that's my son, Aiden. He is the joy of our home. That's Aiden, whether there's a thousand people around or two people around. Aiden loves you or he doesn't really care for you. And that can change every single day. As you know, Aiden has Down syndrome. And one of the things that we learned when we became a part of this community was people first language. So um, it is proper to say your son with Down syndrome. It is improper to say your Down syndrome son or your special needs kids or we have a ministry for special needs kids. That's improper. The proper way is we have a ministry for kids with special needs. It is person before diagnosis. It's important. You need to know that because I want you to see Aiden and I want you to celebrate Aiden. I want you to see that he's different. I want you to see his differences. Don't get intimidated by them. Celebrate them. It's important that we learn these types of things because I made that mistake with my friend in college. I, I, I told you about the mistake I made. Had I learned, had I looked into it? You know, it's not just something you kind of go over. You look into it. When you want to celebrate it, you got to look into it, discover something special about it, and then you begin to champion it. And I want us to be a church that champions people's differences because we're a church family. God put us together for a reason. There's a reason why you belong to this church. There's a reason why you come. There's a reason why something takes place inside of you when you walk on campus, because God called you to be a part of this church family. And we don't just look over people's differences. We celebrate people's differences. That's what we do. The teaching that Paul is giving is you are all one in Christ Jesus. This is amazing. And it's so timely for the church today. We need this to start like right now. We need this to continue to happen every time we walk on campus. I have always heard and learned that your church ought to look like your community. This church is nestled right in the middle of East Bloomington. I live very close to here. I went to Walmart the other night and I was like, whoa, busy and very colorful. I loved it. You know what, our, what God wants our church to look like? Like our community. Just like our community. You want to know what God wants our church to look like? Go take a picture on a busy day at the Walmart just a mile away from our church. So look for it. Make room for it. Let's, let's begin to ask God to bring in people who don't look like us, talk like us, vote like us, act like us, eat like us. Being a Christian is being a believer. It's not having an intellectual answer to all the problems we meet as we live out our Christian lives. Just because you're a Christian, just because you're striving to, to know Jesus more, it doesn't mean that we have it all figured out. It doesn't mean that we have an answer to every question there is. It just means that I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. And every day, I want to take one step closer to him. Every day I want to be fully immersed in Jesus Christ so that I begin to look more like him 
and less like me. I want people to see Jesus in me. And I know that's your heart. You want people to see Jesus in you. God's call for our church is that people would see Jesus, that people would see Jesus, that people would feel Jesus when they talk with you and interact with you. Like they'll look at you and say, you're just something about you. There's something about you, Cedar Valley Church. There's something about you. And it's so special and God wants more and more and more and more of it. Paul finishes out this text by saying this. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs and God's promises to Abraham belong to you. This place of high privilege comes according to the promise, not according to the law. Paul says that's yours because it's a promise for you. Not because of your obedience to the law. It's promised to you. The issue is not, are you under the law? The issue is not, are you Jew or Gentile? The issue is not, are you slave or free? The issue is not, are you man or woman? That's not the issue. The only issue is if you are Christ. That's the only thing. That's the only question that we have. Are you Christ. And if you are Christ, then we find our place in eternity because we are sons and daughters of God. And if you are Christ, then we find our place in community because we are brothers and sisters in the family of God. I love that last song that Carly led us in about help me love my brother, help me love my sister. What does it look like if we start to look at each other like, you're my brother, you're my sister. When you're around, I feel safe. I know you love me. I know you care for me. I know you're watching out for my children. I know you pray for me. So the big so what, once again, let's go back to our big so what. Celebration, not toleration. What do we do with all of our differences? We celebrate them. We don't tolerate each other. We celebrate one another. And I like that because our now what is, we look for it. This is where we become doers of the word, right? So, so what do I do with, okay, now we know that we need to celebrate our differences, but how do I do that? Well, we look for it. When I go hunting, I'm going hunting for deer. It's my favorite thing to do. Go hunt. I'm looking for deer. So I use this, 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 it's called, they're called binoculars. You know what binoculars are? It helps me look for, for, for deer because deer don't just stand out of the middle of, of, of the field. Like I'm right here, brother man, hunting season. Look at the rack on my head. Take me home. Mount me, mount me. They don't, they don't do that. It's hard to see a deer out in the Rocky Mountain National Forest. You gotta have binoculars. You've gotta be specific in where you're looking. Look for it. When you walk into our church, let's put some binoculars on and say, I'm looking for some differences because the more different we look, the more like Jesus we become. Look for it. Secondly is let's make room for it. It's more than just looking for it. It's making room for it. Invite them into your life. Invite people, invite people's differences into your life. Make a friend, learn, ask questions about their, their culture, their traditions. 
It's more than just, oh, that's nice. I'm glad. Yeah, that's great. Great. No, no, no. Lean into that. Make room for it in your life. And lastly, celebrate it. This is where God gives us, you know, he, he allows us to be creative. Celebrate our differences. If we do these things, I get this idea that God's going to do something so tremendous through our church. And especially, there was one thing I left out. I had heard about a few other things about Minnesota before moving here. Nothing we should be too proud of. What church is going to choose to be that church that steps up and says, that ain't true of all people here. That ain't true of God's church. That stuff doesn't happen in God's church. We love people in our church. We look for it in our church. We make room for it in our church. We celebrate that in our church. We want to be the best church for our community. We want people that are near our church to say, that's that place right there, man, is making a, a tremendous difference in people's lives. You guys are amazing, but God has more for us. God definitely has more for us. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your presence that's in this room. And we thank you for challenging us through your word today. It's amazing to me how you can cut through the surface and get into the depths of our hearts and challenge us, challenge us in ways that you know we need to be challenged. Some of us may even have some issues that others are completely unaware of because we've just learned to kind of cover those things up and tolerate people. Today, you've uncovered some of those things in us and you're challenging us to not create lines that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross to erase. You love us, you care for us, you've called us to be a church family who loves each other and loves others. We all belong to this family. This family is, is strong because of everybody here. This family is unique. It's unique. It's not like any other church. It's, it's, it's a unique church that has a very specific calling on it. And we want to be a part of that, God. And for those who are here today, God, that have yet to surrender their life to you, thank you for calling them back into you. If you're here this morning, would you just... In your own words, in your heart, I'll pray. Just kind of agree with me. Lord, forgive me of my sin. I repent of my ways. I've gone astray. I've walked away. Over the years, I've lost interest in the church. Someone in the church hurt me. And I walked into the building today because my mom invited me or my dad invited me or my friend invited me. Little did I know you had a very divine appointment with me today so I thank you for that God so I invite you to be the Lord of my life I want to be baptized into you Jesus fully immersed I want to live out my life to please you to honor you and help us as a church help us as a church to come together to love each other to celebrate each other in Jesus name we pray and together everybody said, Amen. Amen.